Hi. Hey. I'm Claire. And I'm Steph. And this is Word Wrap. On today's episode, we're going to talk about web components. Um, I am inspired by this because uh, there were some hot and spicy t- Twitter topics lately uh, talking about certain things that may not be compatible with web components and some that are. And Anyway, we don't have to get into that. Um, but web components are really cool. And they essentially bring something that we take for granted in a lot of JavaScript frameworks, and they bring them to an HTML like and JavaScript spec, um, which is really cool. Now, I will say that I am not an authoritative source on web components. I am just speaking based upon my experience. I may get some things wrong, and I will clarify them in the notes later if necessary. But Steph is kind of new to web components. And so what she's going to do is she's going to ask me some real questions, and I'm going to answer them as best as I can. So Steph, without any further ado. So Claire, (laughs) um, how did you, what first attracted you to web components, and how did you kind of get started with them? Well, my first real usage of web components came in my current job which is a Rails uh, back-end, front-end. Well, if you're familiar with Rails, Rails likes to control everything. Um, The back-end and the front-end, it's kind of its selling point. And it doesn't really leave a lot of room for JavaScript. Obviously, you can do JavaScript in different ways with Rails. You can make an API with it and stuff. But if you're using Rails to build its views and stuff like that, there's not a lot of room for JavaScript. Um, So... You can use uh, a framework called Stimulus, which is kind of like a like a sugary, like you know, put JavaScript sugar on the HTML. That didn't really do it for me, so I wanted to componentize um, certain things, uh, certain parts of user interactivity, like a modal or like an autocomplete or stuff like that. And so I came across the project. Uh, light element. It might be light element. It might be lit element. I still haven't figured out the pronunciation of it, but it is a project from the Polymer project, which is from Google. And something that I read, and again, I will correct myself later on in the in the notes. Um, but I'm, I believe that the web component spec can be used on its own, and I've used it on its own. But it is also uh, thought of as like, you know, it's supposed to be a starting point for a, you know, a small library to like jump off of and and, um, and extend. So by a roundabout way of saying, it's supposed to be extendable. Anyway, so lit element is really nice and small. And it takes things that I love from Angular, such as uh, using decorators and TypeScript, which is like, you know, it's, it's like at property and then you give it like a name and then that's like like essentially a prop from React. It would it maps to an attribute on an HTML element. So you could be like my dash element ID. Not you wouldn't actually use ID because ID is an actual HTML attribute. But um, I don't know. Let's say I wanted to name an attribute Stephanie. It would be at property Stephanie and then I could use that in the component. So it's a very lightweight way to essentially add reusable like React or Angular or you know style components that have lifecycle hooks into your project without having to take over the entire DOM, um, which is something you would probably do in Angular. I've personally never worked with Vue, um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like you don't want to add a bunch of JavaScript to the page. 
So um, that's really how I got it started. It was more of a necessity kind of thing, since I couldn't really reinvent the wheel right when I came to my current job. And yeah, it, uh, it kind of just blossomed from there. Cool. So sounds like you're mostly using it within a framework, but one of my kind of beginner questions when I was trying to just learn more about them and work through creating my own, which I'm sure didn't quite hit all the marks on best practices, but I was finding it hard to piece together, like even from tutorials, like what's all involved with making a web component and how, how do you make a system of them? How do you make more than one and add it to your project? Well, the web component spec on its own kind of enforces what's called a shadow DOM, which can be a little tricky, like with interacting with it with like, you know, just normal JavaScript. But you can think of them as custom elements. That's another word for them. And with elements, you can put elements within other elements. So that's one way that they can interact. Another way is uh, you can do some similar concepts like uh, introducing like a state management like Redux and stuff and have them uh, essentially like you know message between each other using Redux it's it would be pretty similar to how you would write react components I would assume I've I've personally never written written react I've somehow managed to stay away from that throughout my entire web web development career that is how I would imagine you would do it so it is pretty similar in that aspect it just has a very basic API. I believe there's like four lifecycle hooks and that's that's about it. Right on. So I remember when Web Components started to be a thing that was on my radar, I should say, a couple years ago. One of the criticisms and why I didn't look into it too deeply because I believe the criticisms from people I trusted was that it was difficult to make them accessible. Do you have any like tips? Is that still a concern or what do you, what do you have for us on that? Yeah, so that is a concern of mine. And I actually, that is one of the reasons why I was pushed towards a library instead of using the native spec because uh, lit element in particular can do something where it essentially renders the component outside the shadow DOM, which I think most of the, the concerns with accessibility come with the shadow DOM because the way of interacting with it is kind of like you have to like dig into the shadow dom and i'm not sure necessarily and i'm going to do more research after this this episode just to make sure but i'm pretty sure that it's a little harder for screen readers and accessibility software to to essentially reach into that shadow dom uh so i think that is one area and and i i personally fixed that by uh, removing the shadow dom from the equation uh, essentially, like I would, anything that I want inside the web component, it like renders literally like a child of the web, the custom element. So like, you know, I want a div inside of it. It's like the direct child of the the custom element. So that helped a bit, but I mean, everything else, you know, custom JavaScript, it, it, it all of those, uh, all of the normal accessibility issues are uh, still applicable. Gotcha. So obviously my kind of thing is CSS. And so um, I, I know that one kind of crazy thing about them, considering it's Shadow DOM, is that one of the things that can pierce Shadow DOM is uh, CSS custom variables. Is that how you typically style things? Or what, what do you use to style your components? Yeah, so 
I actually haven't used CSS custom variables in a like production environment yet. Aside from like a personal project, I haven't actually used them, which is shameful. But I, you know, the, the various libraries for web components allow for CSS injection, kind of like not necessarily CSS and JS because it's like it's literally like a template string of CSS and you put it within the JavaScript component. But you can also link to external style sheets too. I do, I, I can't imagine that, you know, like putting uh, variables on the root element or root uh, in, in CSS variables would be very good because I, I believe they reach through the shadow DOM. But uh, CSS in general doesn't reach through this shadow DOM. So that can be a little weird. And it's kind of a mental leap to be like, why is my CSS not showing up in this thing? Yeah, I I don't usually like you know hawk like using a library to utilize some native technology, but I really do think the web component spec is supposed to be used with a library of some sort, um, and there are plenty of them out there. It just makes it a lot easier to interact with them, and the really nice thing is that a lot of them stay very similar to the spec, so you can rip out the library if let's say the spec gets better or you know at least easier to work with. Right on. So my single baby <laughs> web component that I have is, um, so there's a challenge on CSS Tricks in November, I think, maybe a little bit earlier. They were kind of going through a theme of nostalgia on the web. And so one of the challenges was web, bringing back web rings. So my one little baby, <laughs> my one little web component is a web ring because that was kind of a pretty it seemed like a good use case because the idea being that people can add themselves to a JSON file in a GitHub so it can like be interactive and always updating, but it'll kind of update independently from the rest of my code base. So if you go to um, 11d.rocks, then at the bottom, that web brings a web component. So theoretically also somebody else can use that on their site. So I definitely really I mean, to me, the portability seems like a super strong selling point. Um, but do you still have that if you use if you use a library? Like, can somebody independently, like, if you're sharing it, like, among an enterprise, say, can like different parts of the enterprise pick up, you know, one-off components? Say you figured out autocomplete. Yeah. <laughs> can they pick that up? Yeah, you can definitely package them in a way to where, you know, the the. I mean, yes, you're right. It becomes a dependency. There are certain libraries out there that do not do that. Like I believe Stencil um, actually compiles to a, an actual web component that doesn't have any dependencies. So yes, there are methods that you can do to make it dependency free. You can obviously also bundle the library with the web component. Granted, that makes the web component a lot larger. So yeah, there are there are methodologies to I guess both sides of the argument of using a library using and not using a library, but really at the end of the day, it, it is JavaScript. And it, as long as you bundle it in a certain way, you know, you can take one JavaScript file and include it on your page and you've got it all. So yeah, I think you've just got to be mindful of exactly how you're going to be using it. I think if you're going to be doing something like you said with a web ring, um, I don't think I would use light element or lit element or see again, I, I, I get messed up with that. I, I, you know, I would probably think twice to actually use uh, a library outside of the just the native spec um, because and I think that's where the you know being thoughtful with your actions comes in you know if, if you're using it in one code base and 
and, and the, the dependency is always going to be there it's a little bit less up the bar um, to make that work so uh, yeah so at my previous position um, the company was very heavily weighted towards angular um, and had 30 plus different product development teams so one proposal or I heard, because I also have not written Angular, you have, um, is that Angular now actually, I don't know if export's the right word, compiles to web components. And what yeah. and so along with that, an argument was that a web component could be used, like if we created web components, because my job was also design system related, you know, if we created web components, then it could be used by whatever else your is in your stack, like more easily shared. Yeah. So Angular actually uh, allows for custom elements uh, just by default. You have to add them in a certain way, but essentially they get imported like any other, uh, you know, any other Angular element, Angular uh, component. Now, Angular can export web component. Like they're not necessarily web components. They're like individualized Angular elements. They essentially come still with the Angular runtime, albeit smaller. And, you know, they require Angular to run. However, I think the minimum size for them is like 200 kilobytes, which if you use like LitElement, it's like 60 kilobytes. So like you're you're not like totally breaking the bank, but um, especially in an enterprise environment, like that does make sense. Now, I'm going to have to research this afterward, but I believe React is still a little weird with web components, um, and they have purposefully not wanted to make the, the you know, inter make interoperability better between React and web components. I think it's kind of a competitiveness thing where React was kind of marketed on what web components are supposed to do. And then I see every React project I've ever seen just turns into it i'm not going to get into that um but uh point is um yes that is the like thought process behind it uh but again your mileage may vary and it should be very much weighted upon like who the audience is um in an enterprise environment like that i think it makes sense but you know it's, it's all about execution and how it works so because it could also go very badly nice <laughs> That's all helpful info. I was also thinking that we need to do a future episode. So, you know, usually when we see like somebody have a hot take, a bad take, mm -hmm. like it's just a dog pile. We should do a fun episode um, where we have friendly, healthy banter because you enjoy or at least have written. I think you enjoy it. <laughs> Angular. And mm -hmm. I have written and enjoyed React. So we should definitely do a healthy, oh, yeah. friendly debate. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Well, awesome. Well, you definitely answered some of my questions and hopefully like gave some other folks that are listening out there the some ideas to look into it more and kind of explore the possibilities. So yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. Good. For more information, you can go to webcomponents.org um, and they have all of the different libraries um, that do extend web components as well as how to use web components. And there's also a library of web components that everyone else has made. Um, so go there and uh, have a ball. Thanks for joining us on another episode of WordRap. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform or pick up the RSS feed on wordrap.dev. You can also catch us as WordRap Show on Twitter. Until next time.